got into this pool as a wager, basically, quite a while back with all the names of the Democratic candidates. I think we had 25 names or I something. I think so, yeah. And we each chose the three we thought would get out first, and we did it like draft rounds. And whoever was uh, first to have their three drop out of the race was the winner and got steaks from the rest of us, steak dinner. Um, and going to have to wait till Joe's here for a, an official ruling because Marshall's picks of Mike Gravel, he's actually out. Eric Swalwell is actually out. But Wayne Messam, it looks like he's all but out, basically out. He's entered into the not paying his staff phase of the campaign. Right. Yeah, which would mean Marshall's the winner. Now, maybe, I don't know how Joe will feel about this. But we did get this text, which is a good point. The most winning gambler you've ever known just won the Deadpool. You guys are playing against a professional gambler. Yeah, he cheated. That's obviously I the didn't case. Research. You, you are a man who thinks about gambling every day. I yeah. saw I saw him in the desert talking to Robert De Niro through toothpicks. I should have known something was up. Yeah. Okay. Well, keep your eye on that for when Wayne Messam officially gets out. Is yeah. anybody even close? Does anybody else have two? I think I three? might have two. Uh, I think Joe scroll, has what? Scroll down. Who's mine? Uh, Hickenlooper is officially out. Yeah, and then Bennett and Ryan. I don't think either of them. No, they're still in. They're still technically in. I yeah. guess. Okay, maybe I just got one. Then I thought Ryan dropped, but double check on that. Joe has Jay Inslee who got out, but he has yeah. Bullock who's in, and Kirsten Gillibrand got out. So uh, she's oh. officially out. So Joe's oh, down okay. to Joe's, Joe's down to just Steve Bullock, who who might not get out for a while. Right. My pick Seth Moulton because we'll now have a president named Seth. He did drop <laughs> out. Julian Castro. Could you go back up to mine for yeah. just a second there? Yeah, Julian um, Castro's still in. He's still in, and he's actually on the debate stage, but and Beto, Beto O'Rourke, God. Beto hangs on. I can't believe that. <laughs> he's just like a toenail fungus at this point. He's just, jeez. <laughs> no, he's just, just not respectful. going away. Oh. So, Michelangelo, your picks, John Delaney, Marianne Williamson, Elizabeth Warren, all still in? Uh, I think so. I think Delaney's out, isn't he? I think I he is. Delaney got out. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, well, that Warren pick's going to kill you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that 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 makes it almost impossible for you to win. Well, at the time, it, you know, her campaign wasn't doing well at all. Yeah, right. Yeah, she did get off as Lon He Chen just told her. She told us she got off to a short, slow, shaky start where it seemed like okay, well, this is going nowhere. Very but shaky. She, she. Some people grow at that running for office mm-hmm. thing. It's mm-hmm. it's clearly true. They get better at it. They yep. get more comfortable at it. She's one of them. A lot of people that don't. Yeah, and and looking back or thinking back to her uh, early days, starting out and everything, the whole uh, Indian flap, Native American flap, and everything, she really did seem to be a lot shakier. Now she's really, as you were saying, she's got her mojo. She's in the groove. Yeah, yeah, she knows how to work the crowd. And uh, Sean pointed out, and I've always liked this: the person who seems most comfortable in their own skin almost yep. always wins. It's just the person that seems more genuinely them. And you can look back over so many elections. Mitt Romney seemed like he was constantly trying to pretend to be something. Right. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, constantly trying to pretend that he's human. Hillary Clinton <laughs> constantly seemed like she's pretending. Yep. Donald Trump, for whatever you think of him, he's comfortable being Donald Trump. Well, <laughs> and, and, and Barack Obama was comfortable being right. Barack Obama. And George W. Bush couldn't have been more comfortable being him. Al Gore had three debates where he was three completely different people. Right. And, the, and Bill Clinton, you yeah. know, back in the day. Loves being himself. Yeah, he was just being him. Yeah, and uh, and and Elizabeth Warren has some of that going on. Also. I think the second person on that list would probably be Andrew Yang. I get the sense that he's very comfortable with who he is, and he's actively enjoying yeah. this process. 
Beto would be an example of someone who's just really trying to find a personality. I just, every day I'm trying to figure out, maybe I should be more of this, maybe I should be more of that. Hillary was so transparently that. She she has no idea who she actually is herself, which has got to be a weird way to go through life. Has to wait for the polls to come back in. Yes. Right, right. A lot of them are like that, though. Wait to see what the polls say, and then yeah. we'll, you know, go go that way or this way. Tim Ryan's still making campaign yeah. visits uh, within the last twenty four hours. Okay. So he's still in. Right. There you go. Uh, so that's probably enough of that. And we got a debate next week, and God knows there'll be enough talk about it when that day comes. Holy crap! I'm not sure. Maybe I'll take next week off. But anyway, right now we have got to take a fond look back at the week that was. This is something we do every Friday. We call it Cow Clips of the Week. We no longer seem to go to governance. It's like we're in a constant election mode and constantly finding reason to cheer against each other. Why don't the Navy come and drop ice in the warm water so it it can't get going as fast as it's going? Our foremost priority now is to end violence, to safeguard the rule of law, and to restore order and safety in society. You don't actually think about the Pope using elevators, you know? Does he have elevator jokes? He would have fun ones, right? Like he just gets in and is like, can you hit heaven, please? <laughs> just kidding, eight. I'm going to eight. I've never believed in cowardice. Hurricane Dorian has caused bricks of cocaine to wash up on the beaches in Florida, you heard. A kid in Tampa just built a sandcastle worth $3 million. <laughs> So obviously I wanted to get into the September debates. That wasn't possible. There is no majority for no deal in the country. There's only one chlorinated chicken that I can see in this house, and he's on that bench. Will he confirm again? Order! Order! Don't gesticulate, don't rant, spare us the theatrics, behave yourself, be a good boy, young man, be a good boy. I I don't know why, it makes me laugh every time. Yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) Be a good boy, young man. Um, I tweeted a picture last night, we have uh, our Cat had a little snake cornered over by the barn, went over there, and uh, we picked it up, and it was a baby snake, and you, we couldn't tell, is that a rattlesnake? Is that a king snake? So I posted a picture of it on the on the Twitter, which was handy, because people who are experts in snake, they, I mean, they studied it, they, they've lived in rural areas, and they know what they're talking about, declared it to be a gopher snake, and then the next person, who's a lifelong snake enthusiast, declared it to be a rattlesnake, and then the next person, who knows more about snakes than anybody's ever met, declared it to be a king snake, so I still don't know where I am on that snake. I'd rather it's not a rattlesnake. And, Let it uh, bite you, and then you'll have a better idea. Because if you got a tiny, tiny baby rattlesnake, that means there's a whole nest of baby rattlesnakes uh-huh. somewhere, uh-huh. and a mama rattlesnake. And if I know anything about reproduction, there's a husband rattlesnake somewhere. So I'd like to get those nailed down before our uh, our dogs and children get bit. Um, and I had to do a little lesson in life for my son. My son was talking about and rattlesnakes are endangered species. Don't kill it, Mom. Don't hurt it, Mom. And I had to explain him, look. And if it comes down to the snake or our pets, the snakes or us, something's got to go. You know, it's just just the way of the world. He's really bothered by that. It's the only downside of those nature shows, those really nice kids nature shows, is they do kind of convince kids that every animal is cute and friendly and needs to live forever. And that's just not true with all animals. Um, You don't need rattlesnakes on your property. 
maybe some of you out there would capture them and relocate them or something. I'm I'm not going to do that. Congratulations to you. <laughs> Um, maybe you won't get your package from Amazon on time, but they might run you over. We've got that story coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. announced that she's retiring. She'll be fine. She's getting Twerkman's comp, which is good. <laughs> Funny. I love how short his jokes are. Yeah. They, he packs a lot of, per word, they're very powerful. Nicki Minaj is retiring. I'm not sure what that means. Some of it is she got tired of uh, social media. I think that's part of it. Wore I, out. I feel like there's a generational thing similar to the whole uh, recently from the world of sport. Andrew Luck just saying, you know what? I'm in my 30s. I got two commas in my bank account. Let me go do other stuff for a little while. I've always wondered about this. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've never understood why a lot of people keep doing the thing that they're doing. If you really, really love it, it's the thing you love the most, I guess so. But I look at when I watch Ryan Seacrest every single day, I think you like... Showing up there and recording that show better than anything else you could do? Because you could do anything else in the world. Now, he's a single guy with no kids. Kelly Ripa's got several kids. I, I don't understand. As a guy with kids, I don't understand if, if I got children why I'd want to work 80 hours a week when I got more money Ryan's, than I could ever spend in a million years. But Ryan Seacrest makes sense to me because I think he really wants to be in the, a position where he is known enough to date 20-somethings for a while. <laughs> it's all about who he can date. Yeah. Um, hey, can you scroll there, Hanson? There was a story from the Hill about Beto that I wanted to mention. I just, I just saw the headline on. It was pretty interesting. Down a little further, there it is. Uh, the Hill. Or Beto O'Rourke presses tech giants on disinformation after a claim that the Odessa gunman supported him gains traction online. I hadn't seen that. That the crazy scumbag loser who shot all those people in the most recent mass shooting was a was a Beto supporter. That doesn't mean anything, by the way. Even if he was, I don't. I don't care if he was wearing a Beto T-shirt. It does. It doesn't mean anything to me about Beto. But it doesn't always work that way. If the guy had been wearing a Trump hat, I guarantee you I would have heard about that. Um. But uh, so apparently that's making its its rounds on the that that really reeks of Russia, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, that is the. I don't know if that reeks of Russia, but that is certainly the playbook that they have run time and time again, uh, as we've seen as they've identified what some of these social media accounts are. I would I would be for stop assigning a bl- assigning blame to a particular politician when when a crazy person shoots up a place. I'd like less of that in general. Uh, Amazon gets stuff to your house fast. I've been. Pointing out examples of that over the years is absolutely amazing to me. I need a toilet handle. Toilet handle broke on my toilet in the morning. I'd go on Amazon. By the afternoon, I have it delivered to my house. It's like a $4 toilet handle. It's like it didn't cost anything to get delivered to the Prime or something. And it's to my house in a couple hours. I mean, that's just stunning to me that that's a possibility in the year 2019, but it is. 
showed my son how to install a toilet handle, too. I think that's a, that's a lesson that'll really help him out over the years. It's always hard to convince people who don't know any better that the water in the tank is not gross. That's not actually toilet water. That's just the same water that's coming out of your sink. There's nothing gross about that water right there. You can go ahead and stick your hand in there all day long. You'll be perfectly fine. Now, down there, the bowl, you don't want to stick your hand in there. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, but so Amazon can get stuff to your house really, really fast. But we haven't looked at the dark underbelly of that, which apparently there is. How Amazon hooked America on fast delivery while avoiding responsibility for crashes. This uh, was co-published in the New York Times. Amazon's promise of speedy delivery has come at a price, one largely hidden from public view, and it seems like on purpose, after the work this journalist did. An investigation by ProPublica identified more than 60 accidents since June of 2015 involving Amazon delivery contractors that resulted in serious injuries, including 10 deaths. That tally is most likely a fraction of the accidents that have occurred, though. Many people don't sue, and those who who do can't always tell when Amazon is involved. Court records, police reports, and news accounts show. Um, Amazon has really worked at, what was the phrase they used, this third-party thing, or third-level thing? Uh, okay, it's difficult to determine the accident rate and safety records of Amazon's army of contractors because the company does not disclose that information, and much of its delivery operation falls into a regulatory void. The uh, administration, the commission that, that looks at this sort of stuff, which regulates trucks and collects data on this sort of thing, doesn't track crashes involving smaller cargo vans, which are the workhorses of Amazon's delivery force. And um, for a variety of reasons of avoiding um, uh, unions and pay and, and, and just doing it fast as, as, and efficiently as possible, They've tried to kind of separate the whole Amazon driver thing from other departments of Amazon. Now, this article is claiming that the people are driving around recklessly and killing people. I have no idea if you looked at the the number of miles driven by Amazon every day has got to be stunning. And for all I know, it would break down exactly the same accident rate as 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 UPS, FedEx, or just general drivers. I don't have any idea. I haven't I haven't taken the time to take a look at it. But the whole Amazon driver thing is interesting. In that sometimes, and I don't quite get how it works, sometimes it's a one of those big sprinter vans with Amazon on the side and a guy in a uniform, and then the next time I get a package, it's some rando in a beat-up car, and he's got it in the trunk with his spare tire and his golf clubs, and he opens his trunk, and where is it? And he pulls out your box and then hands it to me. And I, I don't know how that works. Who uh, Sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that, and they all work for Amazon? Or I feel like this is a similar... Part of the whole, there's legislation going and trying to regulate the way that Uber and Lyft right. deal with their contract drivers. I feel like Amazon is doing something similar with their delivery people, where they are not in official employees proper. They are subcontracted out and paid per delivery, which maybe that I think that article is implying that because delivery times are emphasized so much that this is leading drivers to reckless driving behaviors. I It, it certainly makes sense. Um. I hate to make that sort of a blanket statement when, like I said, I don't know that the facts have been right. teased out, but it would certainly make sense that if I make a lot more money by getting these 10 packages on time in a certain window that I'm driving faster than I normally would, obviously. Yeah. Um, there are a number of problems with that. So some of the laws that they're trying to get past various places, uh, California's the, the leading edge, of course, are going to make it really difficult for Uber and Lyft 
And uh, another angle of it that doesn't get talked about enough, newspapers are trying to make the point that could just decimate newspaper delivery. Right. Now, that's for people that are still getting newspapers delivered. I don't know how big a segment that is, but it's some people, and that could just do away with it, where you just can't afford to pay somebody to deliver a newspaper if you have to give them all these uh, perks, privileges, rights, and everything like that. And I don't know what it would do. Amazon has got the ability to fight these things, though. They got some... Bezos has got as deep of pockets as anybody in the world, right? So... I'm sure he'll push back on this sort of stuff. Probably deeper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Of course, he's just hanging with that uh, gal pal of his, right? Yeah, they're still together. Yeah. yeah pictures keep popping up of them, that's you know, holding me. hands in various that's, that's places. That's not one I thought I had, that would last yeah. if you kind of had a weird start to it. <laughs> why you, why you leaking pictures of my junk to people? Please don't do that. Um, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Uh, we got the latest on the escalating fight between the Trump administration and California over automotive emissions and fuel economy standards. This is just now coming out this hour. Google and Facebook are facing new antitrust investigation. And Biden's Eye, part two. <laughs> oh, geez. Back on Biden's Eye. Well, so this story yeah. maybe we'll get to or not. Drunk people are better at creative problem solving. According to a new study, and I can give you some examples. I've had that experience. Just wear a bag for pants. It's fine. <laughs> that might be right. that might be too drunk. <laughs> yes. Although that's not a bad plan. Right. Wear a bag for pants. Yes, yeah, so you can't find your pants. Just put on a bag. <laughs> just cover up the bad parts. <laughs> yeah, right. The bits. Marshall's news next. <laughs> Appreciate all you people who weighed in on Twitter on what kind of snake that was. Baby snake I found in my uh, up by my barn. It's not a trouser snake. I really I appreciate your attempted at humor, but we we're all thinking that. Um, apparently, it is a gopher snake, according to the majority. I'm going to go with the majority because there's plenty. Of, oh, that's a rattler. But I think you're just no, I don't know. No. you reticulated brown recluse there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Boy, this battle escalating just in the last couple of hours. Two federal agencies have just told California officials that a deal with four car makers to agree to tougher emissions standards appears to violate federal law. Really? In a letter today, the Department of Transportation and Environmental Protection Agency said the Clean Air Act and other laws prohibit states from setting motor vehicle fuel economy standards. In July, Ford, Honda, Volkswagen, BMW reached a deal with California to abide by standards that are tougher than those preferred by the Trump administration. Well, Volkswagen doesn't care. You just redo the computer right. so they pass the <laughs> right. test. But. Yeah, the move, uh, the move bypassed the Trump administration's plan to freeze emissions and fuel economy standards. So this battle is heading to the courts, I betcha. And Google and Facebook facing a new round of antitrust investigations launched by Texas and New York. Got the Washington Post reporting... The Texas Attorney General is going to lead the effort to examine the impact of Google on digital advertising markets, as well as take a look at the data they control about what consumers are clicking on as far as ad choices and other ways they uh, respond to the ads on Google. The New York Attorney General is going to take on a probe of Facebook dealing with questions about the company's handling of personal data. Separate investigations will both start next week. Apparently, on Monday, they're going to have a dueling news conferences to announce both these investigations. I All I want from everything, all your ops, all your sites, all this sort of stuff, is an opt-in opt, opt in policy. 
it's assumed that I don't want you to trade my information unless I opt in. I don't. I don't think that's unreasonable. And you can make trade-offs, right? Like if I opt into it, I get less advertise, or I get. There's other features that you can use to try to incentivize hmm. to me to do that, but I still need to opt in for it. And this is just coming in. Hong Kong protesters have now taken over a police station and a subway stop in continuing defiance, despite the government's promise to kill that proposed law that sparked months of demonstrations in Hong Kong. So they are they are back at it again. This time, going after a police station. So we will see how this we'll see is if that turns violent. Yep. All right, we've got Biden's eye part two. Things you need to know about Joe oh Biden's eye. Oh my God! Eye. How bloody is it today? Well, it appeared to fill. It's sick enough. It appeared to fill with blood during that CNN town hall on climate change. Pressure has been growing from reporters on his and others. Right eye. <laughs> Pressure is growing for Biden to release his health records. But the Washington Examiner reports, so far his campaign is stonewalling those requests. Now, the eye issue itself will probably go away on its own after a few days, but it comes after reporters have been asking Biden whether his age will get in the way of his pursuit for the White House. Yeah, I don't think the eye thing is... And I'm not worried about his physical ability. Um, it's his, you know, it's his mental, his mental sharpness and... Uh, our guest Lon He Chen last hour, he had a he had a pretty good idea on how you handle it. You don't directly attack him on the debate stage. You hit him with some complex questions and see if he can handle it as an old man or if he if he stutters and stammers and two trains are leaving different stations at the same time, <laughs> Mr. Biden. <Yeah. laughs> we got a new study out that finds getting married actually lowers your chance of being diagnosed with dementia. The fourteen year study which was published in the Journal of Gerontology found that divorced people have more than twice the odds for mental decline compared to married people. I'd like to know why that is. It's got to be all kinds of different factors. Also curious if it, if that's similar to never married, if you're just single sure, throughout. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, they're saying there are a lot of theories about why marriage would be good for your general health. Married people, of course, are financially better off than those who do not have a spouse. Is that still true in this day and age? Are married people still better off financially? Two incomes is better than one, would yeah, be my I, guess. I guess it also depends on whether or not you want to, your spouse goes off the rails and, you know, spends all the money unwisely. Right. The thing that makes the most sense to me is you have somebody to talk to all the time. Yeah. And 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 exercising those muscles, your social muscles of... Or even just having somebody, uh, there's somebody here i got to get up and get dressed for. There's another person that I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you right. know existing with today right uh, per, that makes a ton of sense to me yeah it's the ongoing interchange that's, that's the yeah. other thing they're pointing out they're saying the social social psychological benefits are probably huge one last note billy bush is getting another chance on the small screen he begins hosting extra on monday three <laughs> years after getting fired Poor guy i mean i'm not a bully, billy bush fan or yeah. detractor i don't i have no opinion on billy bush right. but um of all the people involved in that for right. him to be the one to catch the fallout i right. find laughable for yeah. him to lose his career <laughs> right and not be able to make him make a living out of that whole thing what yeah <laughs> Back in the day, and and that was back in the day when uh, Trump was the TV star. He was not the uh, mm-hmm. Politico. He was a TV star, and uh, they were doing a interview in a van or something. And or clearly, talking. Billy Bush needs to be punished for what Trump said. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> Maybe Billy. we should invade Iraq. I mean, what's the logic here? Right. Billy Bush laughing at a comment that was uh, obviously rather rude, but not correcting the TV host in the interview or the discussion. 
That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. That comment about uh, married single money for some reason uh, reminded me of the stand-up comedian that I saw the other day. Right. You know how YouTube works? You search on something and Google, because YouTube is Google, Google says, oh, hey, you're interested in lawnmower repair. So then every time you go on YouTube for the next two months... It suggests all these lawnmower repair videos. Right. I, I, I fixed my lawnmower already. I, I don't need lawnmower repair. But anyway, so I, I, I Googled some stand-up comedy recently, and now I'm constantly fed stand-up comedy routines on my YouTube, which is fine. I've discovered a lot of cool stuff. And there's some right. woman on the other day I'd never seen before. I don't remember her name. But she had a routine about how um, she was a tomboy her whole life, and then she met a guy, and she got engaged, and he bought her a ring, and he and she realized, oh, my God, I like things that sparkle. Ah! <laughs> um, and then now she really liked that whole, whole right. thing. And uh, But she, she had friends who were into jewelry and stuff like that, and how weird it was that still where we are with equality and everybody works right. and all that sort of stuff, women still have to wait for a man to come along and love them enough to buy them the thing that they really want a sparkly diamond ring, where it doesn't work in the reverse at all. No right. guy really wants a sports car or a motorcycle or a big screen TV and thinks, God, I'd love a big screen TV. I've wanted a big screen TV my whole life. If I could just meet the right girl and she falls in love with me and she'd buy me one. Because as this comedian woman said, she right. said, I can't go out and buy myself a ring. It's pathetic and sad. <laughs> so i gotta, I got to wait until a guy buys one for me. But that is interesting. There's no yeah. equivalent for men. I can buy right. whatever I've ever wanted. Uh, there's a certain segment of people when a 50-year-old goes out and buys a Corvette that's a little pathetic and sad, a little midlife crisis sort of angle on yeah, it. Yeah, but I can but I you know I own a motorcycle, a big screen TV, whatever right. I want to buy. Right. I got my wife some earrings. Uh you you're probably not even going to buy yourself like expensive diamond earrings on as a woman. Right. It would be weird to buy them yourself. I think if you told your friends, "Yeah, I bought these for myself." They think, "What?" That's a little dude. <laughs> no, you're, you're supposed to spend your money on other things. Make him buy those. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, fun uh, stand-up comedy recommendation, just kind of randomly. Nate Bargatze, hilarious guy. Pretty much everything I've heard is clean so far. He may slip in a, a naughty every now and then, but he's got stuff on iTunes that you can hear for free. Hilarious guy that I discovered a couple weeks ago, and I've been stuck on him Nate for quite Bargatze? a while. Nate Bargatze? B-A-R-G-A-T-Z-E. Bargatze. Okay. There are so many people out there that are good at that. That's one thing I've learned from my YouTube feed recently. Yeah. Tons of them. How do you make a living in the modern world where somebody gets a cell phone clip of your funniest bit and puts it on YouTube that night? Keep writing. You just have to keep coming up with new the, stuff. Right. The days of the comedian who would have a set and do that set for seven years right. is dead. If you're, so if you're doing that, you're not getting work. you gotta, you got to keep making stuff That's and interesting. keep doing, yeah. Yeah, just keep writing. Right, because Jay Leno had a routine that I saw a couple of times, and it was freaking fantastic. That's what Seinfeld did for, for a while, too. But, but Jay Leno did the same act everywhere he went all over the country right. and could. Um, but now that bit would have been on YouTube. Everybody would have seen it. Yeah. Also, uh, comedy clubs are aware of that too, and they are enforcing stricter policies on filming and stuff right. like that. But still, things sneak out. But. No, they should because it is kind of a like stealing. Right. It's a steal. It, it, in some way, it's got to be stealing don't, proprietary information. Don't a lot of the clubs now? We talked about this. Uh, make you put your uh, phone into some sort the, of uh, the bigger names. Device, uh, the bigger names can kind of pull that leverage yeah. because it costs money to do that. You have to hire this company or whatever to come by and do that right so your name's like dave Chappelle or uh aziz and sorry i think he was right. another one that, that had those they have those ziploc cell phone bags right. to prevent it right because i don't know if there's another good example people could sneak in 
a phone and record a song, but the quality's kind of crappy, and, yeah. you know, I'll pay to get the real quality. Or a, a TV show or a movie or whatever, you can tell me about it, but I, I want to see it. But you tell me a really good joke, eh, it's, it's you know, the surprise is gone. It's yeah, ruined for yes, me. Yes, and that's yeah. the key, is that surprise is a right. key ingredient into comedy. And when you put it out there before they're ready for it, or right. it, it kind of ruins the first time you see it, where it's not the same way with a song. Yeah, right. but aren't there some comedians who have their hits? I mean, and when you go to see a comedian, you want to see their hit, whether it's an impression or a catchphrase. or. And some, some comedians will they'll do their new stuff, and then at the end they'll kind of do their greatest hits as an encore. Okay. Because sort of I thing. am a wild and crazy, crazy guy. guy! Yay! Well. <laughs> I think those days might be all over also. Um... Drunk people are better at creative problem solving, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. if you will you're on an airplane you're headed somewhere sitting there in your seat plane's delayed what's going on here somebody jumps on the microphone and says this just before we went through security i thought i wonder if this is worth a phone call i think it is because i'd like to go on holiday so i phoned up easy and said hiya uh, i'm standing in the terminal doing nothing i've got my license with me deliberately from being pushed in the back of the editorial yeah i've got my id with me and I'd very much like to go on holiday, and if you need a favour, I'm standing here ready to go. And I said, we'll phone you back. 38 seconds later, they phoned me back and said, please, please, pretty please, with a big cherry on top, can you fly the aeroplane to Alicante? We're going to position another pilot out from some other base to bring the aeroplane back here. So if you're all right for one of your pilots to look like for this today, we'll go to Alicante. How's that sound? So a guy who happened to be on a pilot was going on vacation with his family. They didn't have their regular pilot, which would have meant they weren't going to fly anywhere. He said, well, I got my license. I know how to fly this plane. Everybody okay with me flying the plane? I've only had six drinks, which is under the regular allowed limit. <laughs> and everybody cheered. Actually, if he'd had a couple, two, three drinks, he'd have been better at flying the plane, perhaps, according to this study. Drunk people are better at creative problem solving. Mississippi State University did this, and I'll bet they had a good time. <laughs> Fifth of Hennessy. Future problem solver there. So they uh, put together some vodka cranberry cocktails, refreshing on a hot day in the oh, muggy south. Throw a lime in there, call it a Cape Cod. Oh, yeah. Gave it to uh, 20 male subjects until their blood alcohol levels neared the uh, legal intoxication limit. So I guess point away. And then they gave each a series of word association problems to solve. This is good info going into your weekend, ladies and germs. Not only did those who imbibed give more correct answers than a sober control group performing the same task. They were more adamant about it. (laughs) And they had more sex afterwards. (laughs) But they also arrived at the solutions more quickly. So they got more of the answers right and they came up with them faster. The conclusion, the inescapable conclusion, of course, is that drunk people are better at creative problem solving. So we gave three, um, they gave participants 15 questions from a creative problem solving assessment called the remote associates test or rat. This is an example of the sort of question they would give you. And I, I'm not sure I would have figured this out when I read it the first time. I, what word relates to these three? Duck, dollar, fold. I would have said they all have the letter D in them. Uh, the answer is 
Bill. What word relates to these three? Duck, dollar, fold. We found that people that were a little drunk solved two to three of these kind of problems, um, more problems than folks who stayed sober. They also submitted their answers more quickly within the one minute per question time limit, which is even more surprising. Why does this happen? And we've all, I don't know if we all have actually, I have certainly, a lot of my friends have, experienced the idea of you actually bowl better if you've had a few drinks, or play pool better if you've had a few drinks, or darts, or golf sometimes. Man, I've been in the zone golfing after a couple of drinks where it's just, I'm amazing. Oh, look at that one go. And you have so much confidence. Oh, yeah. I was just, I know I can do this. I have no doubt in my mind I can do this. I was on a uh, bowling team uh, a while back in uh, San Francisco, and I got to tell you, on Thursdays when we went bowling, after two or three beers, I was on top of the world. After four or five beers, the game started to go downhill. Yeah, the window of when it's the most effective is fairly short and hard to maintain, as uh, everyone knows. They think that creative prop... Thank you for the bowling sound effects. Yes. For, for uh, theater of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Orson Welles here. But we think that creative problem solving is one area in which a key effect of drunkenness, the loss of focus, is actually a good thing. Hmm. It's important not to fixate on your first thought, and alcohol seems to help that seemingly irrelevant stuff... Uh, slip in that you can you can focus on. So I know that's what happens with I'm playing pool or whatever. I just I don't know. I lose my fear. I lose right. my ability to zone in. Just all kinds of things happen. There's a a paralysis by analysis thing happens specifically when I'm playing golf where I'm okay, now I need to keep the elbow in and back slow and you you're you're overthinking all the stuff which is not a problem I have in my life regularly overthinking things. <laughs> but uh, but it seems that just the the ability or the help of alcohol to let you lose those focus things just allows you to be in the moment, be more zen, if you will. So are great athletes just people that hammered? Can... <laughs> They're just the drunk yeah. constantly. We did have a limo driver years ago, and this is always stuck in my mind. Who talked? Who he drove around NBA players, and he said NBA players smoke up before games all the time. Oh yeah, he said yeah. they're high on the court all the time. So that'd be a little bit of the same thing, right? Uh, similar, uh, and the jujitsu the jujitsu community is very well known for being kind of marijuana friendly and helps get in that that flow state, is what they call it. Um, but but non high or drunk great athletes, they just have the ability to tap that feeling without getting a little drunk, I guess. That level of focus and everything, which is interesting. Hey, kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Hey, kids, here's your host for Final Thoughts, me, as Joe is not here today. Michelangelo, could you hit us with a final thought? Yeah, well, earlier in the week I said that we had a, my girlfriend and I had a $1,200 food bill. Well, we're going grocery shopping this weekend, and I'm going to keep that bill down. No more caviar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you think it was the, what did you decide it was? Was it the kind of stuff you're buying? Are you buying expensive stuff, or? You know what? I think it's miscellaneous items that got put into that food budget. Do you think maybe you eat too much? Uh, Maybe a little bit. More hamburger, less steak. Oh, well, yeah. Steak is expensive. It can be. It's amazing. If I buy a couple of steaks, I think, wow, that went fast. Uh, There's Marsha Phillips. Can you hit us with a final thought? I was going to say, this show went fast. A rollicking Friday. I made it through uh, soaring on penicillin and painkillers. My God, I hope we get this thing taken care of by next week. Uh, Once again, you mentioned earlier in the show, you have a... Fractured root canal. Fractured root canal. Geez, that makes my jaw hurt thinking about it. (laughs) Holy crap. Anyway, a final thought from Positive Sean. 
Yeah, I know this isn't how it works, but I'm going to have to try really hard to not talk to my friends about the stock that I own that jumped about 20% today. Oh, yeah. They don't care. It's just like a fishing story or a bad <laughs> or a poker bad beat story. Let me guess. They got aces on the river. I get it. <laughs> so uh, w- can you tell us what the stock was? Uh, DocuSign, the electronic assignment. Oh, really? The, yeah, yeah, the thing where you can digitally sign documents. I, I, I got in on that one. Love that thing. Yeah, yeah. God, I, what a leap forward that is. I used it once. I was like, well, this is the future. God, and, and then so did I. But I didn't think to invest in it. First time I used it, I thought, this is great. This will take over the world. And didn't invest in it. Buy my books, Jack. Come to my speaking engagements. (laughs) Clearly. Wow. What an idiot. That's what you send me off on the weekend with the idea that I'm an idiot. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. Wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Thank you to everyone on the staff and everyone listening at home. We'll see you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still come was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Armstrong and Getty.